0: Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Kitty and Alora. And in this episode, we are discussing the importance of protection magic. We will dive deep into the many methods of spiritual protection and teach you how to create your own protection magic routine. It's going to be a full hour, so grab your cuppa and settle in.
1: Laura. Hey, hey. How are you doing? Good. Got my coffee. Waking
0: up. All right. So, are you ready to talk about protection magic? Definitely. And I already know the answer to this question, but is it something that you practice regularly?
1: Yes, ma'am. 1000%. Absolutely. Protection magic was actually. The first one of the first types of magic that I really focused on and learned, and dare I say, became adept at. <laughs> yeah. um, but I will say, as time has gone on in my practice, at times I've gotten lazy, and then something <laughs> will, you know, something will happen. Like there will be negative energy build up, and like I'll start having a run of bad luck or
0: things like that, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I didn't ward. <laughs> They're wearing. They wore off." It does happen because I was literally thinking that today, actually, like when I need to, <laughs> I need to do a full cleansing. I need to refresh all my things. And right. it's just like, sometimes it's, a, it, it can, I hate to say that it can be a chore, but it can be because it, it's maintenance, you know?
1: Right. It's like, you know, doing your dishes and laundry and cleaning the house.
0: <laughs> it's the same it thing. It is. It definitely can be. All right. All
1: right. Yeah. Ah, James. <laughs> All right. So, go ahead.
0: so I believe there is a passage you would like to start this episode with. Yeah, and I I I want to do these, I want to speak these passages every time we do a podcast. I just think they're fun to to kind of open with them. Anyway. There is a passage or a poem or magical words, whatever you want to call it, written by Valerie Wirth in a book called the Crone's book of magical words that we want to share with everyone about protection magic. Just a little incantation, what have you. To stand against enemies or evil, hang an ash bough over your door, fill your pockets with iron nails, Carry always the malign leaf, but say these words against the worst. I stand in circles of light that nothing may cross. Yeah. The end. No. <laughs> <laughs> the end. That's our whole podcast. Thanks for <laughs> yeah. That's it, people, in a nutshell, in an ash bow. Um but then I,
1: like, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm thinking, I am not putting nails in my pockets. like That would rust, and my clothes would be ruined. Right. So this <laughs> she's written
0: a couple books that are what she calls poetry, but I mean, we kind of know better. They are very magical in nature. She tries to say that it's purely poetry, right? But it's all incantations and spells and things. So some of it is a little, there's more of an artistic approach, but you can definitely see the wisdom in the words and use some of the incantations for your own, really, because they're really well-written. Um, but I know this
1: particular book is semi-famous among us OG, which
0: is, because it's, it's pretty old the crone's book of magical words. Mhm. Yeah, I honestly I didn't even know that a lot of people knew about it. I I don't even remember who introduced it to me, but it was years and years ago. There's another one too. It's the crone's book of spells and charms, I think. Mhm. And that one's a little more like a couple pages worth of sp- each spell. The The Magical Words book is a little more one page is a poem, one page is a poem, or incantation, however you want to look at it. They're really good, though. Agreed. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) All right.
1: So I think everybody out there listening probably has an understanding of what protection magic is, because it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Yes. But- Let's talk about why we should practice protection magic regularly. And that is the key word, regularly.
0: Yes. It's, it, I mean, there's multiple reasons, but the main reasons that we know of, and uh, negative energy, excuse me, can build up that may attract spirits and cause discord in the home. Secondly, psychic attack and possibly dark magic being thrown at you from other practitioners, as well as spirit intrusion from either of the things that we just mentioned now, or just because the spirit may find you attractive, meaning they followed you from somewhere or they're attached to the land. And there's a bunch of different reasons why you may deal with a spirit coming into your home. Right. Right. And that's happened to me before. (laughs) Oh, me too. I I don't know if this is the the clinical term, but I call them wandering spirits. (laughs) Right. Some of them kind of wander around aimlessly, like looking for whatever energy or someone. And yes, it does happen.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, it's not something that it, it happened to me once. Like it's only happened to me once, but it has happened. Mm-hmm. And just, I wanted to say something about negative energy buildup or, well, and, you know, psychic attack, dark magic thrown from other practitioners. Yeah. This also goes for like muggles, right? So, you know, you see so-and-so, whoever from across the room and this girl is giving you the stank eye and <laughs> it looks like she just wants to, you know, beat your head in or whatever
0: mm-hmm.
1: and for no apparent reason. It's just you know, jealousy, envy, whatever,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: however, like you, however you look something you may have, et cetera, but things like that, that, that kind of energy builds up and it, it's not necessarily that person intending to harm you personally. Um, it's just those type of negative feelings can build up and cause things to go wrong, I
0: guess you would say. Oh yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think, yeah, just the emotion of jealousy can be strong enough that you can project that on other people and it can manifest in negative ways for that person. Oh yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So those things being said, We will get into the foundation blocks of a strong protection magic routine.
1: Which are?
0: Which are, in my opinion, I think Laura agrees with me, cleansing, invocation, sealing, and warding. Yeah, I think that covers it. Like, I don't think you (laughs) could say anything else there. And there's many ways to do each one of these things, and how you, how you decide to do each of these is up to you, what you prefer, what you have on hand. But we would say we recommend trying different methods and using different ingredients so you can figure out what works best for you and your space. Agreed.
1: All right, cool. So cleansing, let's talk about that first. What is it? how do you do it how often should you be cleansing
0: right cleansing is what we say the first essential part to a solid protection magic routine it is the it's the first step to basically anything which we cover all of the cleansing methods all of the reasons why you should cleanse et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, in our episode on cleansing and charging. It's a few episodes back in season two. So if you wanna learn more about cleansing as well as charging, because that's in there too, go back and listen to that one. But the main point here is to make sure you're cleansing and that it's a part of your routine. And yes, again, it can sometimes feel like a chore, but I promise you, after you cleanse, you feel much better every time. True. <laughs> Truth. Truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what's invocation and
0: how do you do it? Invocation sounds like a really fancy word. And I think that it's been attached to like the ceremonial magical circle type traditions. But And me, pop culture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because the craft and all mm-hmm. those lovely movies that we love. I invoke thee. right uh to me invocation is really just inviting your deities your ancestors your guides whoever you work with you're just inviting them in into your space into your life right doesn't necessarily mean in my opinion doesn't necessarily mean that you're invoking them into you like the movies say (laughs) Right that
1: is a totally that is actually a totally different arena altogether
0: because that is spirit possession right Yeah, way totally different than it just invocation. But I think that when we say that we invite our guides and our gods and it's important for protection because it, it's a part of a relationship with your gods and your ancestors or your guides, what have you. and that relationship, Will help you in that you have, like, basically an army on the other side protecting you, guarding you. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just I know a lot of people, there's well, I don't know if it's a lot of people, but I know some people don't work with any spirits in their practice, but you're kind of missing out in this regard, I think. Agreed, because I like.
1: I invite my deities in generally every morning, like it's part of my daily practice
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh for the most part, so every morning, like I have a morning routine where you know I get up and get my coffee, et cetera, and then I spend a few minutes lighting my altar and just calling them in, so they're yeah.
0: here you know every day like <laughs> I like that that's smart i I don't do that in the morning, I typically. I pray at night before I go to bed, which to me, that's invoking as well. If you're speaking to your gods or your guides as if they're right there, you're bringing that energy in as well. Mm. I think that another way that they help you is if you've forgotten to cleanse or ward, for me at least, they'll remind me. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's funny. I invoke all the elements every morning. Um, and I know some people will be like, Oh my God, don't do that because you got to dismiss them and all that stuff. But I don't know, for me, it, it just works. Um, could be part of, you know, cause I'm elemental in some respects, but, yeah. but yeah. So not only do I invoke my deities every morning, I also invoke all my elementals every morning. I
0: like that. I, I, never thought to do that. And I don't know that I would, but I don't see anything wrong with it. And if it works for you, I think that's cool.
1: Well, I mean, it's just like a basic invocation. Like I, I invite fire into this space. May it bless this space with love, lust, passion, creativity, drive. You know what I mean? Like, and then I move on.
0: Yeah. Wow. I like it.
1: (laughs) Blowing people's minds since 2020. I I like
0: it. I haven't heard this before. I I do. I I am enjoying this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, what's ceiling? Ceiling. Okay. Ceiling is essentially when I think of ceiling, I am putting a magical wall around my space or locking negativity out of my, my space. An example of this might be salting your thresholds and your windowsills and circling your property with protective herbs like agrimony. I also like to draw symbols with a protection oil on my windows and doors and any any exhausts or like exits, entrances to the home, I'll draw my symbols on. And those to me act like an actual, it's a lock. I'm saying you can't cross this space unless you're in my family, and you're only bringing in positive energy.
1: Damn, you lock everybody out but your family. <laughs> Basically,
0: I mean, unless, unless it's loved ones like close friends, I, I don't have a lot of people here. I'm not a social person. <laughs> I'm not either, but I'm not that
1: specific. I'm just, I, I generally program my stuff to be like, Anybody that has negative intention cannot cross this boundary. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah, no. But, um, but Nah, no. She's locking <laughs> everybody out. <laughs> I, I, I'm i telling you, I don't have a lot of people come here, you know. And I guess when I say family, I should say loved ones. Not necessarily family, but loved ones, close friends, and family. Okay, I got you. I'm a little antisocial. I probably should be that witch in the woods that doesn't let anyone come around and has snakes and walks to the mailbox in my bra. (laughs) Speaking of witches in the woods, that's
1: coming up in three weeks. But anyway. Oh, sweet. Um, Okay, so when you talk about sealing, I don't necessarily, um, this is automatically part of what I do. So it's not necessarily something that I do as a step, if that makes sense. Like, it's just part of
0: my protection rituals. Um, I mean, I will, so it just depends on my mood and the, the month. Sometimes I'll do a, a full ritual and I'll do my cleansing first, then I will do invocation when I'm done with the cleansing, then I'll seal my property and then I'll ward it like all the same time in one day. But there's also times where I just feel like I need to reseal my property and I'll just lay some more. Like if I notice my powders or my salt or whatever that I've laid down is getting swept away, you know, by the elements or what have you, then I'll relay it down. Does that make sense? So it just depends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I haven't called it sealing necessarily because mine is a bit different. So when it comes to warding, I can't, which we're going to get to that in a minute, but when it comes to warding, I don't ward without a seal. Like that's just part of it. And then if I'm sealing in between warding rituals, I'm more likely to like use an uncrossing oil on all of my windows and doorways in a particular rune or symbol that is important to me that locks it back up. Does that make sense?
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just with different, but like we agree on a lot, but everybody's practice will be a little bit different from the next. So, and I think a lot of people don't even think about, salting the thresholds as an actual sealing practice. Right. Yeah. And sealing I not- got this from my mom. Like my mom calls it sealing. <laughs> so well
1: I it's funny though know. because I just don't think I don't think I don't think sealing in particular is talked about as its own entity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows you do it. It's like an but it's like an automatic thing. You know what I mean? Yes, but I like that it has a term. (laughs) Yeah, me too. No, I'm (laughs) I'm totally into this. I'm just saying, like, I had like I had never known this to be a separate step. (laughs) I always just assumed it was just either part of warding or what I called an uncrossing. Like if you did it in between.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I honestly within the past few years my mom has been calling it that so I just kind of took up that term and I, I kind of like looking at it as its own thing hi mom hey mom love you all right <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah, I think you're right I think a lot of people just like it's it just you don't think of it as its own separate thing it tends to be just a part of the ritual or part of warding you're right Okay, so let's
1: talk about warding, because we've said the word probably about 50 times by now, and if you're listening and have no idea what we're talking about, we are about to tell you. So
0: what is warding, and how often should you do it? Okay, we talk about warding a lot in our Facebook group, because it is important, and I want to say at least three or four people asked about warding, so if that was you, thank you for the questions. They're all pretty much the same questions. So here it goes. Warding is a way to essentially scare negative energy and entities off, away from your property, away from you. It stops them from even thinking about entering or trying to enter your space. To me, I think of how garlic wards off a vampire. (laughs) Or iron wards off the fae. Mm -hmm. Sure, yes, exactly. Or wolf's bane wards off wolves. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, wards. that's a good one. Yeah, right. I love werewolves. We'll get into that at a later date. Wards placed around the property work in this way. You will choose. Well, there's different ways, but this is how I'm just gonna. I'm gonna lay it out there. I'm gonna lay the wards down. Choose four protective objects and place or bury them in the four corners of your property if you're in an apartment because i know this is another question that people ask a lot if you're in an apartment you can't necessarily depending on how it's laid out you're not necessarily going to be able to place them in the four corners of your of the property right so my suggestion is you know if you can't bury them basically my suggestion is to take the whatever objects that you're using and just place them in whatever corners of your apartment that you have. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And it works a treat because I have Mm -hmm. used them in apartments before. Good. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad you can back me up
0: on that. Um,
1: And I will say, just so you don't look like a crazy person when your friends come over, um, (laughs) one (laughs) one way you can do this is you can also buy like potted plants. And keep your
0: magical object in the soil of the potted plant. That's smart. I like that. Yeah. Inconspicuous. That's how we roll. (laughs) Another question that everyone was asking was how often to refresh your wards. For me, I do it once every three months. And I know that, I think some people will try, they'll remember where exactly that they buried their wards and dig them up and refresh them in that way. I never remember exactly where I bury my wards. So I just lay down new wards.
1: <laughs> yeah, same. I okay. I don't, I don't dig like, oh, don't up don't the, this, the wards.
0: Yeah. No. I don't no. even know how to in the yard, but I just don't, you know, I, I just don't remember where exactly they are.
1: Well, and I also think of it too as like, because I always use four tourmaline pieces. Yeah. Um, So I kind of, okay. So I use four tourmaline pieces and I look at it as like an offering when I do it. So that's my offering to the earth um, to protect my space.
0: I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. I use, I have used runes and i've also used but the last time that i did it i took just regular stones from the yard and painted the runes on as well as some other protective symbols i like that yeah Yeah, and i think too while this is just how i do it but when i'm when i laid them down when i buried them on the property for me i'm visualizing a bright basically a bright red protective bubble around my property that the wards are basically the four points of does that make sense? Yes I totally see what you're talking about And when I do it too you want to remember if, if you choose to use this visualization when you lay your wards down for the listeners I also I, I am envisioning the bubble coming up all like up in the air around my property above the roof, and then also underground as well. So it's a full like sphere, essentially. Cube, however you wanna look at it. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, so I think every three months, sometimes I forget, I'll be honest with you, and something will gently remind me, and then <laughs> then I'll refresh them.
1: But right. I wanna to
0: say too, it's, if you, there's other ways to, to ward your property, Some of the old, like an old school way is to put statues at the four corners or even at the front door, two on either side of the door. People use angels, lions, griffins, dragons, gargoyles. This is why you'll see some of the large homes, the old large homes where they have the gates that have the stone lions sitting on the top.
1: Huh. I never knew that.
0: Yeah. It's essentially a really old way that people would protect their estates back in the day, you know, spiritually, but I think it's just been done so much for so long. Everybody's forgotten the real meaning behind it.
1: Well, now I want lions in a gate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't have an estate. So, but you know, but if you, it, it would be something else to use if you didn't you know, let's just say you wanted an extra oomph to your property or whatever, you could do that. And you didn't, obviously you're not burying those. You would keep them above ground. Right. And I would also say that
1: three months is pretty much the consensus among all the witches that I know as far as how how long they last. Uh, Now, the other thing I wanted to add is To let our listeners know that when you lay down a ward, you should be able to feel the difference between inside the ward and outside. So the energy will be, will feel different. Basically Mm -hmm. when you're outside the ward, it'll feel like chaos. (laughs) When you're inside the ward, it won't feel like anything. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. Or at least, or at least that's my, not, not won't feel like anything, but it'll be quiet. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, you'll feel at peace.
1: Right. Exactly. And, uh, so I recently had a student perform award for the first time and she said it was like, um, she ha she said it was like she had psychic antennas coming off of her body because this is another side effect of award. It's kind of like a magical ADT alarm system. Right. So Mm -hmm. anytime something negative crosses that barrier gets close to that barrier it will send your psychic senses into like high alert it's like having a a security camera and -hmm. getting an alert that somebody's outside you know what I mean yeah absolutely at least that's I mean at least that's how it works in my experience I don't
0: yes I don't know that if you agree (laughs) Well, you're talking to the woman who only wants her family and her house, no one else. So, I agree. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have many visitors, y'all, not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. we've talked about protection magic for the house. So, what about protection magic for yourself? So, this is more like amulets, Um, this is also mobile magic or movable magic. I guess you would say, Mm -hmm. um, charm bags, witch balls, things like that. So can we start with one of those?
0: Yes. But I will say that while it can be for personal use, you can also use this for your home as well. So all these things are, you know, they cross boundaries, I guess, whatever.
1: They cross physical barriers.
0: Yes. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about amulets.
1: That's such amulets. a mystical
0: word, isn't it? Amulet. It feels like,
1: well, it feels like I'm about to see something on an Indiana Jones flick. Yeah. <laughs> <The amulet. laughs> yes. Yeah. That and talismans. Uh, we are definitely not muggles. Okay, amulets. <laughs>
0: All right, amulets are items you can wear or place around the home or keep in your car, et cetera, et cetera, to ward off negative energy and spirits. Do you wear amulets when you go out in public or every day or what?
1: So I go through phases, I think, with amulets. I went through so amulets i go through phases with amulets i used to wear a saint christopher pendant all the time because i was traveling a lot a lot a lot back in 2017 through 2019 so and when i say a lot i'm talking about i was not only traveling in the us but i was traveling overseas and so saint christopher is the protector of travelers essentially Mm -hmm. Uh, especially over water. Um, so that's one that I would wear all the time. I also tend to wear crystals that are, that I turn into amulets. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I used to wear a black tourmaline point all the time uh, and, and some different other ones too. Oh
0: Cool. Like all of those, I. What about you? I have rings that I wear every time I go out in the public. There, are, a couple were my grandmother's, and I have a couple turquoise rings that I always wear. That's that are protective, as well as I have a wolf ring. It's it looks kind of like Gary and Freaky Odin's wolves, like in a in a circle essentially, and it's adjustable. Very cool. Hmm. So I just, I've been wearing that. And then I also have a triketra and a bulk net, uh, pendant that I'll switch out. And basically all I do is I ask my gods to bless and charge these amulets with their protective energy. But right. two, you know, amulets don't have to be jewelry only. They can also be like what you were saying. They can be, they can be stones. I mean, but you're, you said you're wearing them. So you probably had a stone pendant, maybe. Yeah, but also,
1: oh yeah, my necklace was a point, a crystal okay. point. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I also used to wear evil eye bracelets all the time. Yeah. And you, when you wear an evil eye uh, bracelet, necklace, whatever, amulet, you know that it's finished or it's had enough when it breaks. <laughs> that's how I lost all of mine. They would eventually just snap. Oh, but I also have hanging evil eyes in my house, facing doors and windows, to keep mm-hmm. negative energy out. So yeah, you can definitely have amulets hanging in your house, hanging from the in my car. Yeah, I was gonna say hanging from the rearview mirror of your car. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all of those good things.
0: Yeah, and you can, you know, if you're if you don't want to wear jewelry, you can carry a stone in your pocket or your purse in addition you can draw or inscribe symbols on the bottom of your shoes you can embroider it into fabric you can put patches on your jacket your backpack whatever you're carrying there's a lot of ways to protect yourself while you're out and about
1: yeah and if worse comes to worse you just grab you know a ballpoint pin that you've got laying around in the
0: car and draw a rune on your shoulder or something (laughs) Very true. Very true. And you can, and too, there's, I think Annie, actually, one of our mods, she taught me this. And it's something so simple, but every day when you use those ball, the roll-on, like perfumes or the oils, to, to, you know, draw a rune or protective symbol on yourself every day in the morning. I like that idea. I've been doing that for a while since she said it. Rune, nice. Yeah.
1: So thanks, Annie. <laughs> I love new ideas.
0: Yeah. And it's something so simple, but it does make a lot of sense. I've been, I use the frankincense oil. Oh, I know you love frankincense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look, I don't hate frankincense, but it's not my favorite. And it's probably because as a child, I had to go to Catholic Easter mass Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been to Catholic Easter mass, you know that they drown you in frankincense smoke. <laughs> I think it's funny. Okay, so hagstones. Yes. And what what are they? What do you do with them?
0: Okay. Hagstones, there's a couple different names for them. They're also called holy stones as well as fairy stones. Basically, it's a stone with a hole straight through it. I've had some people ask me, Is this a hagstone? And there's a little bit of a hole in it, but it's, it doesn't go straight through. It's not a hagstone unless the hole goes straight through and you can literally see through to the other side. Right.
1: Like you should be able to hold it up to your
0: eyeball and, and look through it. it. Exactly. Traditionally, I believe in Scotland and the British Isles, you can, they would, you can, They. you can, they did tie a red cord through it and hang it by your front door to ward off witches, uh bad magic and spirits, which to me... I mean, I guess, I, I haven't looked too deeply into this, but I wonder if they called it hagstones because it warded away, it warded off hags. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because a lot of witches love hagstones now, the days. But anyway,
1: hmm.
0: <laughs> they're also called fairy stones because they say that you, if you look through them, you are able to see into the realm of the fae or the other world. I've tried that. I have not been able to make it work in that way yet. (laughs) Yeah. I've also heard that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have a couple, I, I, it's funny because I was looking for them forever on the beaches and I could never find one. And then one day we went, my family and I went and my daughter was pulling them all up. There was like three or four or five that she found. I can't remember how many. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. I'm like, seriously. (laughs) Hmm. So we have a few that my daughter found on the beach. And I think some people try to say that it's purely stones that you find in the river, but you can also find them on the beach and they're just as powerful in my opinion.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I don't have any, uh, but I think they're cool. Yeah. They're pretty cool. All right. Charm bags and witch balls.
0: Where do you want to start? (laughs) uh let's start with the bags before the balls (laughs) (laughs) this is 18 and up 18 and up, basically the same thing but yeah okay i mean charm bags it's spell bags right same thing but i mean you can put anything in a charm bag that you feel is protective Uh, you know herbs stones little heirlooms I think, the, honestly, the first spell bag I ever made, which is one of my favorites, was uh, an ancestor protection spell bag. And I used one of my great-grandfather's handkerchiefs. I don't know why my family kept these things, but they kept, like, really random things. And I folded it up. I, I mean, I put, excuse me, I put some protective herbs in the middle. And I also had a button from one of my ancestors' police uniforms. So I put all that in the middle. And mm-hmm. then I, yeah, and then I tied it up with a red piece of yarn because to me, red blood ancestors protection all goes hand in hand. So, you know, you don't, it's pretty easy to do charm bags, especially for protection are effective and they're easy to make. And you can, I think pretty much find the things laying around your house. So it's cheap.
1: Yeah. I actually, the first one of these I ever made was Uh, protection slash binding to basically bind me to the earth plane because i was
0: having open heart surgery so (laughs) wow whoa that's intense but it worked well clearly (laughs) 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 clearly it worked the force is strong with this one um i also yeah. yeah sorry star wars nerd, I guess. I'm not a nerd, but I do like Star Wars. Anyway, moving on. I also keep a bag of wormwood in my vehicle, just a little sachet because Because (laughs) wormwood is supposed to be, or it is protective for traveling purposes. So I keep one in my vehicle in my, like the middle console thing. I used to keep
1: that as well. And there was also another one that I kept in my car and I cannot think of it off the top of my head, but it was a law keep away. Um, so basically, mm. it would help prevent you from getting pulled
0: over for whatever purpose. <laughs> I like it. You know what else helps you from getting pulled over? What? Not breaking the law.
1: <laughs> ha
0: ha. Because yeah. you've never
1: gone five miles
0: over the speed limit. Oh, every day I go, everybody. I <laughs> listen to this because I have cops in my neighborhood, but no, I, I, yeah, I do, I do. But anyway, look, that's the only
1: thing I've ever gotten pulled over for in my life. And it's been three times You're going <laughs> five like, over. No, yeah, Well for speeding, but oh, okay. I think, I think <laughs> one <laughs> of them was like five over and one of them was like seven over.
0: Oh, that's yes, like, dude. No, that's ridiculous. I would have been like, y'all need to go find something better to do with your time small town law dogs. Oh, true. Small town. Oh yeah. Okay. Makes sense now. (laughs) They got nothing better to do. (laughs) Clearly. All right. We're going to move on to the balls, the witches' balls. (laughs) 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 Okay. Apparently they're going to be shiny. They are shiny glass spheres, and if you've ever been to Salem, there's a couple stores that have them hanging from the rafters. It's pretty cool when you walk in. There's that, what is it, the Crow Haven's Corner that's run by the Salem's love witch, Lorelai. If anybody's ever been to Salem, you know who I'm talking about. Anyway, it used to be Lori Cabot's old store. There's a ton of, they have a ton of these witches' balls hanging from the rafters and it's really pretty to see, but they're, they're really pretty decorations. And they're, I think, discreet if you want to hang them up in your house or from the porch or what have you. And it's actually, they're really old too. The, the concept is old and it, it's, it. Supposed to attract, you know, spirits or negative energy. And once they go in to have a look, they get trapped inside of them because there's all these, it's blown glass and there's like glass. It's hard to, it's not shards, but it's like pieces of glass inside that stretch from one wall to the other. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And they get, it they get does. kind of trapped in there. But you can also make your own witch ball. It's not as authentic and it's not as gorgeous, but you can purchase the, like the clear Christmas balls, the Mm -hmm. plastic ones, and you can stuff them with your own protection ingredients and petitions and hang them in your house.
0: I had all of the intentions to do this last Christmas slash Yule and I did not. (laughs) Yeah. That's because you were too busy baking cookies, which I love. They're really good. (laughs) Well, thank you. And probably drinking wine and eating. <laughs> eggnog. No, I don't like eggnog. Really? Yeah.
1: I can drink like a couple of sips
0: and then I'm like, ooh. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Okay. Oh, oh wait. I got to tell this what? story real quick though. So Lorelai, the love witch of Salem... She's actually pretty locally famous there because she people come to her for readings and to help them with the love in their lives and all this. Anyway, this woman literally hit on my husband when we went into the store. Yeah, and I'm with him. Like, it's very clear that we're together. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Uh Uh-huh. She did not do that. It was pretty funny, though. And she has these two little chihuahuas that are like yip yappy you know? And or a one, of them, one of them's name, maybe I shouldn't say this on air. Anyway, I won't tell the name of the dog, but um, it was just pretty funny. Cause I was like, you literally had the love witch hitting on you. Like, I guess she felt you were worth it. I mean, uh, she read your energy, whatever. That's so a compliment. I mean, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would have been like, back up i was like is this woman really?" Taking- i mean she was like grabbing his arm you know what i mean doing that whole thing i'm like really <laughs> yeah i would have been like if that had been my husband i would be like
1: you go ahead honey you get you another you get you another girl
0: <laughs> oh please don't no worry it's no worries there but no it was just it's just kind of a funny story to tell
1: that's freaking hilarious, actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, He's like, Oh, that lady. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If I'd have been in your shoes, I would have been peeing myself laughing. Like oh, I would I have had to have
0: left the store. Yeah. I was engaged with in a conversation with uh there was this girl that was, she was training to, you know, work at the store there who was like super cool, <laughs> you know. I was just talking to her and kind of looking around. I left him to deal with her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you go in. You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right.
1: Witches' bottles and jars.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What is it? Tra- okay. So, witches' bottles are awesome, but what is a traditional witch's bottle? How do you use it? What do you put in it?
0: Yeah. These two, I just want to say this, I'll put this out there. The witch's bottle is very old the concept is centuries and centuries old and we have archaeological evidence of witches' bottles dating back hundreds of years all over the British Isles, even over here in the U.S. And basically, it is a bottle that contains bits of you. When I say you, I mean if you feel you're being targeted by uh, another practitioner or even spirits, truthfully, any kind of negative whatever that's being flung at you, you're going to put pieces of you in the bottle. When I say pieces, I mean fingernail clippings, hair, that kind of thing. What happens is, oh, sorry, excuse me. You're going to also put in sharp objects like nails, pins, needles, broken glass, any of those kind of things will go in there with it. You can also add protective items like herbs, whatever you want to put in there but essentially the negative energy or the spirit whatever's being whatever's coming your way will enter the bottle thinking that it's you it's tricking them into thinking that it's you and then the sharp objects that are in there snag or trap the energy and basically two once you've made it so you put all your stuff in the bottle you heat up the energy, you heat up the, the work that you did that's inside of the bottle, either on open fire or with a candle on the top, and then you're going to bury it as close to your bedroom window as you can. And that's essentially Yes,
1: and they are mucho
0: effective. They are, very. I think that's why they've been around for centuries and centuries, because they work In addition, jars, and you can, you don't have to do like the traditional witch's bottle all the time. I've only ever done it twice with each home that I've been in, but you can also make protection jars and those can be anywhere. You can keep them in your house or wherever you, you know, on your altar, wherever you feel it's necessary. Yeah. But I say if it ain't broke,
1: don't fix it. (laughs) What do you mean? I mean, there's no need to reinvent the wheel like if it's working, if it's old and it's still working, there's a reason
0: well, <laughs> for sure, yeah, I agree, but I mean I have made in addition to the, the traditional witches bottles that i've I've done, I've made protection jars just like I've burned candles for protection, just a little extra you know a little extra thing.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you, but i'm I'm meaning like the traditional witch's bottle. Like I think oh, that's something yeah. everyone should use mm-hmm. and use it in its traditional sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. that particular working has been around for a very long time and there's a reason for it. Like it and works.
0: and just a forewarning on that, if you've never made a traditional witch's bottle, it's not a pretty Thing it's not a pretty spell to do. It's not going to be aesthetically pleasing, and you might even gross yourself out a little bit.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it's because, one of those. Yeah. Well, I'll just be completely blunt here. I mean, some people use urine, some people spit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be fun to look at, and it's probably I, I something, done all
0: of the above. <laughs> but <laughs> it works.
1: Yeah, and it's probably something you might want to reserve for a time when you will be home alone. (laughs) Exactly. If you're at all, if you're at all squeamish about, you know, people seeing
0: anything remotely (laughs)
1: like that.
0: (laughs) Somebody's probably going to ask, you know what I mean? They're going to be like, what is in that jar and why are you hiding it? You know? Right. Exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not one of those, it's not Instagram worthy. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> i don't think that i've ever seen anyone post a witch's uh, bottle on instagram not a real well, one this is why <laughs>
1: well yeah i mean duh
0: yeah but, just it's getting why. pretty y'all it's not it's not sparkly with you know anyway anywho
1: okay so protective herbs and plants so what kind of protective herbs and plants can you grow or use
0: that are good for protection? There is hundreds, I'm sure, but I, I really like using what I grow in my own garden, but I, I mean, I do buy some things from like mountain rose herbs, and whatnot. Anywho, <laughs> I grow in my garden every year. I have rosemary, rue, and basil. This is my favorite trifecta of plants for protection as well as cleansing and banishing, all that kind of stuff. So if you can grow th- these things, it's even better. But if not, you can always buy it. In addition, and I don't grow all of these things, so don't think that I'm some amazing like farmer or something. <laughs> in addition, garlic, onion, Rose. I do have roses. Any thorny bush or thorny tree? Mm. Because the thorns can actually be broken off or cut off and used. You can put them in bottles, jars, you know, you can use them in candle spells, bags, whatever. Where was I? Oak, aloe, fern, bay, mistletoe, cedar, mandrake. That is a more toxic plant, so I hate to say and be careful, but y'all know pepper, hot peppers, salt. It's not a plant, but you know, every kind of salt is protective. There's, and when I say every kind, there's many kinds, there's pink, there's black, there's the witch's black salt. There's red, sea salt, kosher salt, blah, blah, blah. Frankincense. All the salts, all the salts, (laughs) all the salts. Dragon's blood, agrimony, wormwood, angelica, I think that's one of your favorites, isn't it? Yeah, Angelica. Angelica,
1: Wormwood. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, that's right, yeah. Birch, blackberry, because blackberry is another one that has thorns as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Cactus, buckthorn, curry, dill, ivy, mallow, which grows in my area natively. Pine, sage, willow, and I could go on and on and on. Well, that was a a
1: pretty comprehensive...
0: Short short list. (laughs) Well, yeah, it is a short list because there's there's literally hundreds. Okay,
1: there are also things specific to kitchen witches or kitchen witchery, I should say, as well as some traditional charms that can be protective. So, for those out there that work a lot in the
0: kitchen what kind of protection methods do you recommend? And I purely put this in here because I'm a, I'm a kitchen witch and I can't help it. (laughs) (laughs) But you can get a string of peppers, like the hot, the red peppers or garlic bulbs, and you can hang them in your kitchen window. If you're, if you live in the desert and Laura, you've probably seen this, you can hang a string of peppers at the front door. Yeah. And that it's, funny because
1: a lot of people use that as decoration not Mm -hmm. not specifically for protection magic right
0: yeah i uh, my husband actually comes from out west the desert area and Mm -hmm. his mom still lives out there and she mailed me you know a traditional big string of peppers that really comes from mexico And unfortunately, where I live, it is not dry enough to hang them outside because it didn't go so well. I had to unfortunately throw them away after a certain Mm. time period because if you're in the desert, they dry out, right? And they preserve better. But if you live in a humid area, you probably just want to keep them inside the house, essentially. (laughs) Right. Or,
1: which I don't know. I mean, I would think that you could. You, I would think that you could put them in a dehydrator.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, is that they were already dried out. But where I live is so humid that it almost like re-moisturizes things. Oh, and Lord. then it gathers bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Keep An going. onion under the sink. You can put it in a brown paper bag. That's supposed to soak up uh, negative energy and also ward off bad energy. You can have a kitchen witch doll. I have actually like a vintage kitchen witch from, I think it's from Eastern Europe, which is pretty cool. It's not a doll. It's more or less like a, I don't want to say a statue, but like a figurine. Excuse me. You can charge those for protection or you can make a kitchen poppet. And I think we've said this before about the besom, but you can put your besom at the front door, bristles up is protective, and you can use bristles cut from your besom and add it to your protection spells as well.
1: And I actually have something I can add here. Also, lemons. If you keep a lemon on, you can put them anywhere in your house,
0: mm-hmm. but they
1: do the same thing as the onion.
0: Yeah. I agree. So they'll
1: they'll soak up negative energy, and then when when they're done, they rot essentially.
0: Yep. Yeah, makes sense.
1: All, All right. right.
0: Yep. Jinx. <laughs> <changed. laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Okay, so what is this about old shoes?
0: <sighs> yeah. All right. So I read this and this is not anything that I've done yet. I just was kind of browsing through Cunningham's book. I think it's called the magical household the other day. And he would keep an old boot or a shoe as a protective charm. So Hmm. he said that you could fill it with herbs or stones and then you would hang it in the attic or in the basement Which, it reminded me that my grandmom, who is big into antiques and just old-timey kind of stuff, she always had an old antique boot, just one, that she kept by the door. And I just kind of found that funny. I wonder, I haven't done a lot of research into this, but I wonder if that is some old, you know, magical tradition that's been passed down that maybe some people still do and they don't know why. Kind of cool. Probably. Yeah, like one of those old-timey black Victorian boots she always had by her door. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why, but it just reminded me of that. I thought that was cool. Might have to do that. Hmm. In addition, and I think this is one that a lot of people do, and it spans traditions, cultures, what have you, hanging a horseshoe prongs up above your door. Did your family ever do that?
1: Yeah, so actually, over here in Australia, our the last house that we rented had a horseshoe with the prongs up as the door knocker, so it was like oh, a built-in cool. protection device. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. Uh, I mean, I have now. I personally, which growing up, I didn't know about this in particular, right? But. Mm-hmm growing up as a teenager, I always had a horseshoe prongs up in my bedroom. No no particular reason. I just had it there in the window.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, it was just something you intuitively did or remembered or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. growing up, my family always did this as well. And I think my mom still has one over her door now, but she, we grew up on a farm. We had horses and everything. And everyone where I grew up always had one above the barn door as like a decoration, but obviously it was protective too. They just didn't, maybe didn't realize it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's one of those things that was built in protection back in the old days. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And then as time just wore on, it just became a staple. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Like you
1: never saw a barn without it type thing.
0: Right. Exactly. All right.
1: So bindings, banishings, and reversals. So these are all part of a strong magical protection routine. Mm -hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about each of these types of magic and where our listeners can learn more about each kind?
0: We, all right. So, first, we have articles on all of these three rituals on the website otherworldlyoracle.com and they each go into great detail about what each of them is the you know the moral debates on each what have you as well as how to do each one i think it we even give you know step by step rituals so if you want to learn more about each of these things just go to the website and search for bindings banishings or reversals but first we'll talk about bindings when you bind someone from doing harm to other people or themselves which it always sounds like a craft quote whenever i say that mm mm-hmm. <laughs> i bind that you. Is, that is that yeah, is i bind you Nancy <laughs> from doing harm harm to yourself yeah, harm <laughs> to others <laughs> exactly but that is essentially what it is i mean there's other kinds of bindings but when we talk about protection that's pretty much what we're talking about i for me personally i use this as a very last resort But I don't, you know, I'm not the magical moral police. So do what you feel is necessary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me just say on this particular note, if you're going to do a binding, you need to understand that that person that you're binding will also be bound to you for as long as the binding is in place. So Mm -hmm. make sure that you would like to sign up for this. (laughs)
0: Good point. Very good point. Yeah, so if you want to learn more about that, just go to the website. In addition, banishings, I feel this is a strong exorcism-type ritual that can eradicate either a spirit or a person from your home and life when the need calls for it. An example in Southern folk magic or hoodoo, they might use something called hot foot powder to send someone running away. And I mean, I don't know if people would agree that it's a banishing, but to me, if you're sending someone away for good, you're banishing them, right?
1: Yeah. And I would also probably add to that a fiery wall of protection Mm -hmm. is another one that you'll see a lot um, in hoodoo and Southern folk magic.
0: And yeah. Yeah. And there's many ways to do banishings. And again, if you want to learn more about that, check the website. (laughs) And the last one, reversals. Now this is probably the one I use the most. Me too. Yep. Yep. This is a ritual. And again, it can be done in different ways, but the basic, uh, basic, excuse me, reversal ritual uses a candle and a mirror or mirrors to effectively reverse any dark magic that's being thrown at you and sends it back to the sender. And I don't know about you, but I do these regularly in a general format as sort of a preventive measure. I know that sounds strange maybe to some people, but you can just send the negative energy back to whoever sent it. Yeah, For me, I don't necessarily need a specific name. Right, exactly, no. Because, so sometimes
1: you know where this negative energy or psychic attack may be coming from, mm-hmm. but other times you don't True. Uh, because it's more of a buildup of multiple people,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: multiple people's crap. So it can be done as a, a targeted spell, but it can also be done as a general spell. And yeah. I would say it works a treat because sadly, most people are their own worst enemies. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. nothing that I could dream up could be as difficult for them to deal with as themselves. I know that's like really deep, but that's what I think.
0: (laughs) No, it's true. Yeah, I agree. And I think too, there, you know, people get in a debate over whether this is moral and all this, but if I look at it like this, if someone's throwing negative energy at me, And I just want to deflect it somewhere. If I don't send it back to where it's coming from, it's going to go elsewhere in the universe. And why why shouldn't I just return it to where it came from instead of, you know, it possibly affecting someone else around me or whatever, you
1: know? Well, not only that, I mean, I will be the first to say I have no moral qualms with reversals whatsoever because if you can dish it out, you should be able to take it. That's how I feel about
0: it. Well, they typically can't, but yes, I agree with you. (laughs) The people that do that kind of stuff cannot take it, you know?
1: Well, and it goes back to what I said before people, you know, people are their own worst enemies. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I feel like, you know, if you want to throw shade my way, I'll throw it back at you because it's your own energy. You know what I mean? Right. I am okay. not doing anything to you. True. Yeah. It's I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> exactly. And that's a spell, you know, I'm rubber, it you're is. glue, whatever you call me to expect to you.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you're, I, I don't think everyone needs to do reversals all of the time, but if you're I don't know if you're, if you know a lot of magical people or if you are in the limelight, so to speak, or if you, you know, if you, I don't know. No, I, I um, the Limelight. I don't mean that. I mean, but I do know quite a few magical people. And if, if you're in a big community of magical people, it might, it might be a good idea to do regularly.
1: <laughs> right. And I will just say that this is not something that I do on a regular basis, but this is something I do if I notice that there's a particular run of bad luck happening around the house or people are angry around the house or the house feels wrong, things like that. And also, I I can't not remember where I learned this, but there's a trick that you do with playing cards and basically you shuffle them, shuffle them, shuffle them, and then you lay them out in three piles. So what you're gonna do is you're going to turn the cards over one at a time, and each time you get to an ace, you're going to start a new pile, right? So you're only going to do this in three piles. So if you lay out 10 cards or you get to an ace, you go to the next pile. So the goal is to not get any aces in doing this. You want three piles of 10 cards, no aces. Each time you get an ace, it tells you basically if you get one ace, that's showing you that there's negative energy around you. It is not exactly targeted. It's just, you know, crap you've picked up from other places. And then there's if you get a second ace, that's basically okay, somebody is specifically hating on you, throwing shade your way, etc. And then if you get a third ace in the last pile, you somebody's throwing magical like a hex, or somebody's throwing you know psychic attack on you, so you need to do something. And typically, that's the method I use to determine what I need to do.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, like a true tarot queen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't remember where I learned that. It may have been. Oh, I cannot. I can't remember, but. Yes. So that's the method that I use to find out like, okay, things feel wrong in here. What's going on? And surprisingly, surprisingly, not surprisingly, most of the time it's, you know, the first one, you've got a bunch of negative crap. That's just general, you know, Mm -hmm. every day, every day, you know, envy or jealousy or what have you that you've picked up.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, and I've I've never gotten, I've
1: never gotten three aces just putting
0: that out there. (laughs) Well, yeah, I feel like that would be, I don't know, harder to get anyway. not statistically speaking, but by chance anyway. Yeah. But girl, you know, anything that you
1: do in a spiritual space does not adhere to the rules of logic and reason. Uh, That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm done now. Okay. (laughs) Well, I think that,
0: honestly, I think that about wraps it up.
1: All right. I think, dude, I think that we cannot cover anything else on Protection Magic. I think that is like the compendium.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot more like different little charms and things that you can do around the house and all, but it would just take us years to about all those things, so you know, everybody should do their research and try out different things. If it doesn't work for you, don't, you know, leave it alone and try something else and make your own little routine. And that's the best way to go about it.
1: Yeah. And I, but I definitely think we covered all the major concepts. It's all the detail and, you know, user preference that you have to work out. Yes. Well, you may go ahead and wrap it up then. All righty. Check out our articles on protection magic at otherworldlyoracle.com. Just type protection into the search bar and boom, articles. We welcome you to join our high-vibing Facebook group and visit my website, allurarain.com, for numerology and soul origin profiles. Shout out to all of our oracles for joining us, whether you're new or returning. Subscribe or favorite our podcast to be notified of future episodes. Help your magical sisters out and be sure to share our podcast and review us too. And remember, whether you're in the land of the fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.